0: Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. How will VGK get through this identity crisis? More after this. For Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Your team every day.
0: Well, hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Criscosco, along with Chris Golick, and today our debut. It's a scary day. It's a frightening day. Hide your child and all you know, your family. Hide your wife, and you know we're on video today.
1: What in the world? It's good to see you, Chris. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> look, look, look! How we made it. The, the wizards behind the curtain have been unveiled. Uh, here go the, here go the, uh, the clicks downhill. It's all downhill
0: from here. I'm Tony Cardasco. You could follow us on Lockdown VGK. I'm at Tony Dasko on Twitter. Chris Golic, he could be found at TD Chris G on Twitter. And thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen every day. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. And, Chris, one of the areas of concern and a common theme, a common thread on the final media day, how does VGK gain its identity? Uh, by exploring, by let's explore, you know, what we mean by identity. Uh, what identity is a team looking for? Uh, first of all, you know, we have to figure out what the team's identity is, what it was, a little history. You know, Chris, I did this podcast, you know, back a couple of months ago. Now, I called it the response. And remember back in the day when the Golden Knights, back in the glory days, when they were able to respond right after a team had scored a goal, they would just race down the ice and they would have the answer. I think that's part of the identity that they need to get back to. They need to play fast. They need to play physical and a lot more aggressive.
1: 100% Tony. And I guess the first thing we start off is by defining what an identity is. Identity is what the other coaches are scheming for. It's what they are looking at when they are reviewing film footage prior to a game. This team is tough. This team is tough in the neutral zone. This team clogs the neutral zone. This team lets you into the zone, but then they attack you. Once you get across the blue line, do they go into the corners and chase the puck? Do they not? Different things like that. And this is not, I have no stats or anything to show for this. This is simply just a, a little bit of fanboy talk, if you will. Season one VGK, and I'm going to use the term unsustainable identity, as uh, we heard about in the presser a couple of days ago, this unsustainable Stanley Cup Western Conference winning model that we had in season number one. And that was a absolute furious forecheck. VGK was constantly disrupting the other team's rhythm every time they got not even to the opposite blue line, but before that. Just remember William Carlson, Jonathan Marchessault, that that misfits line just slowing down the other team coming in. That was part one of their identity, and maybe the lesser known parts of their two part identity, which was physicality. They were. Such a strong team season, number one. And in yesterday's show, I mentioned uh, I'm coming around on someone like Ryan Reeves again. And that's pretty surprising to me because I have not been a Ryan Reeves truther. I I like him. He's fun. But I felt he just kind of burned a roster spot some games. And and some games he does. That's the pro and con of that. Um, But someone like Ryan Reeves might be needed to charge the fans, charge the team, and give an extra level of motivation besides when logan thompson is in the net right
0: yeah and ryan reeves you know he's that guy that will definitely hit someone into the stand to eat the nachos and all that you know as we heard from Alan martinez you know <laughs> i don't remember many times <laughs> when the golden knights as i continue to watch these playoff series right uh, i don't remember very very many major scrambles this in front of the net why because there were no bodies in front of the net. I mean, this, this will be part of the identity moving forward where they just need to play more, more physical. They can't attack from the outside. They can't. They have to try to be in front of that. They have to try to score up close. They, they need those high danger chances. And they really need to, to find some sort of an identity. Uh, that identity also, Chris, in my estimation, cannot include being tentative. They were, were so tentative. The only player on the ice this season that knew what he was going to do with the puck before the puck arrived was Jack Eichel.
1: No doubt, 100%. I've said this time and time again. How many times does Eichel take the puck behind the net, get all the way back to the blue line, and then take the puck behind the net again? And the craziest thing, his feet aren't even moving. I'm going to be careful in this comparison here because I'm not going to mention Mario Lemieux and Jack Eichel in the same sentence, even though I just did. But I remember I I only saw Mario Lemieux play live once back at Chicago Stadium. We're going way, way back now, obviously. And Mario Lemieux is so effortless with the puck. His feet just don't seem like they're moving. There's a skating drill. I watched my son uh, do something like this when I did my, my skating classes last year, just, You work on your acceleration without picking your feet up off of the ground. You're just digging one foot, C-cut, 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 C-cut. And Jack Eichel does a lot of that where it's just effortless. So, yeah, to back up what you said, Tony, Eichel knows exactly what's going to happen when the puck comes to him. Uh, That's a great, great description. I don't know if anyone else on the team has that – what's the word I'm thinking of – not ability, um, awareness. Awareness skill, is what I'm saying.
0: Awareness and skill, yeah. You have yeah, Yeah, awareness. I wonder what his wonder what his
1: awareness setting is in a NHL 2021-22. Uh, 20, I wonder if they uh, have an awareness setting because Jack Eichels should be way up there. I'll go play that and I'll let you know afterwards, okay? Now,
0: Friday market, is market going research. to be a very, a, Friday, a very big day, right, Chris, for the Golden Knights because we will find out if Pete DeBoer will return and if he does return, we know one thing, if they're lacking identity, if that was a common thread, and of course if the players say that within a system that it's not working and we'll walk on tomorrow's show about the system, what needs to change, but you have to believe that everything will be scrapped that they are currently doing forward, they are going to have to retool what they're doing, especially offensively. They have to change things, Right.
1: So it's funny, the parallels between a professional sports franchise and, or corporation, if there's a, um, a press release sometime in the morning regarding DeBoer, that means, uh, you know, that he got the old Friday five o'clock, uh, pink slip, right. You know, they always wait till, uh, the end of the week, because I guess that's better for um, some reasons we might not want to mention, of course. Um, but yeah, hopefully it'll be
0: part of the news dump. If it happens, right. It'll be part of the news. Yeah, dump. no, that's, it'll come at five that, o'clock that's, that's Friday.
1: Cool.
0: Exactly. That would be K2. You hit it right on spot on.
1: You know, that's, yeah, I guess I kind of, uh, back, like I got a, there's a squirrel up, up there, you know, blind, blind squirrel found one there, I guess. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. Like, how do you change if, if Foley, if McCrimmon, if McPhee all feel, identity is the issue, then how do you how does a coach just change change that? Back in the Gallant days, seasons one, two, and two point five, if you will, the glory days was removed. The, the, glory, the glory days, days yes. Brother. The unsustainable days. The uns unsustainable days.
0: Unsustainable um,
1: days. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Let's let's hashtag that in a trademark it and make millions. Um those teams did have an identity. And honestly, when thinking back right now, and again, I go back to that Vancouver playoff series in DeBoer's first run with us. It was that moment when I think the identity was, I don't want lost is maybe a little too harsh because there is some identity. There was more of an identity then than there is now, but it definitely changed. And which is strange because DeBoer likes speed, right? Think about those Sharks teams we played when DeBoer was in charge. Those teams were fast. They had skill. They had a lot of skill, a lot of speed from the back and the fronts. Um, They also were physical, Evander Kane. And so there is some identity. I think he wants that same identity. And maybe all those 500-plus man games lost played into the identity changing this year. Maybe that Earns him a pass with uh, his leadership, and maybe that Friday uh, five o'clock meeting A never happens, or B maybe he gets called into the office around eleven or twelve with a cup of coffee and says, "Okay, one more shot, let's go." But here's some changes that might be forced upon you with your assistance. Here's some changes we would like to see. I think spot probably stays. I honestly,
0: yeah, I think one and a half taking the spot away—that's
1: too much. No, yeah,
0: one and a half. Two assistants will be gone if the board does, in fact, stay. Hey, you know, the more that I went back and Chris, I was evaluating everything and I've watched the pressers again and they paraded nine players, I think, to the podium. Where was Dodonov? He was absent. Is he Gonski?
1: So I think I saw somewhere along the way that all the pending unrestricted free agents did not hit the podium outside of maybe Riley Smith. No, Riley wasn't there. Injured. Yeah, he wasn't there. Right. He wasn't there. Yeah, he wasn't. But right, right. I think, I think that was a common, a common theme pending UFAs. They just, uh, didn't go get up there for whatever reason or another. I would have liked to see the Donoff speak. I think he would have been a very interesting, uh, conversation especially if he would have busted the barriers down a little bit and um given his candid thoughts about what happened i mean he was the hero of the day for a while there right tony right after right before they traded our best score at the time which is what he was and then mm-hmm. when he was traded and came back in that crazy 72 hours the team went on a run and the donoff was there and i still go back to that uh that G W G O T W. Um, at the, the Blackhawks game that I was at, and man, that, that might have been the loudest celebration for a goal I saw, just because it was a three. They came came back from being down three, and the situation, I mean, that's that was a, a season saver at that point. The Donoff, hero of the day, go figure.
0: Uh, stay with us. Coming up next, the Hendricks find themselves now in a one-to-nothing series hole. We'll talk about that, and much much more, you are listening to Locked On Nights. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. So, what that means, folks, is polarized lenses, well constructed durable frames, and premium high end finishes. Also, something that you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays Insane Protection Program. Shady Rays includes Lost and broken protection on every single pair. They will send you a brand new pair. If you lose them, no matter what happened, just give them a try. And if you don't love them, you will pay absolutely nothing. And so don't forget as well that Shady Ray's gives 10 meals. They donate 10 meals to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Ray's. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use the code Locked on, you get 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code locked on for their best deal of the season. 50% off of pairs of shady rays, of shady rays sunglasses, backed 150,000 verified five star reviews. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Nights. For your next listen, make sure that you check out Locked On Now. It is a nightly recap All the NHL action, all the playoff games. They've got analysis from everywhere from all of your local experts. Tony Kurnasko along with Chris Golick. And we come to you from Las Vegas. And our debut video today is a very, very big day. And I hope our identity isn't this. Isn't us on video. Um, this is my, this Silver, is my impression I- of you earlier. You were froze.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah,
0: that's good. That's a good one. This Take two. Uh, Henderson Silver Knights, Chris. Uh, they trail one to nothing in their series. They're playing against Colorado. And it took the Eagles all of, I think, 31 seconds to get on the floor seconds. last night. Yeah, Jason Megna with the goal. He has another shorthanded goal. And VGK trails early two to nothing. And they scored their first goal. It was Paul Cotter and then Sven Birchie scored the other goal for Henderson it was a five to two final they are down one to nothing in this series
1: so five to two I mean it's a three to two game two empty netters so it doesn't on paper it looks like it was a blowout but v, oh wait was HSK William Carlson was, playing
0: in this game
1: William Carlson was not playing in this game you know he said empty netters I'm sorry Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, then I would say Mark Stone, but he might hit the post, and but whatever. Moving oh, forward, why, why are we so salty? We're on TV. This is our, this is exciting, <laughs> Tony. We got we have, we have to change, turn this around. We we're going to get canceled like Deboer today. Dang it! I did it again. Oh my god. Okay. All right. So yeah, thirty seconds in the that's you can't. It's so hard to bounce back from that. You're so excited to make the playoffs. First year doing a Calder Cup run. Last year, they were in the fake playoffs, if you will. This is our first year in the Calder Cup, and 30 seconds in, you're scored on. That's that's just unfortunate. Um, I mean, in true uh, VGK fashion, uh, HSK was 0 for 6 on the power play, so that's um, not the best way to go. And just a theme I remember from so many HSK games is – they get, unlike the Gold Knights, the Gold Knights shoot at anything that moves and they'll register, you know, 50 shots on goal, 80 shot attempts, these crazy numbers. HSK very commonly is outshot in their games. And you would think by the VGK model, that might be the way to go. But unfortunately, it wasn't. Uh, in this game, the shots were 38 to 24. But there was a you know a little bit of a flurry because obviously uh HSK had the net pulled, so they had some chances late and such. Um, but at one point the shot disparity was a lot worse. Um Korzak, minus four on the defensive side. That's something that stands out to me. Uh Alan Quinney, not to be confused with Gage Quinney, also a minus four. So that's where you're really gonna point to. Um Colorado being the home team, maybe they exploited a matchup there. Maybe they had their uh, you know, maybe just that was something they found on video, and they were able to exploit it. Now, the good thing about Friday's game two is HSK is the designated home team. So now we can play the matchup game and see if we can steal one back and send this to a, a winner-take-all game three on Saturday, hopefully. I
0: got a question. So Again, you know, with the Henderson Silver Knights of the AHL, they pretty much run the same system as the Golden Knights because it was plug and play when they brought up Liz and Ron Bjork and players like Cotter and players like that. So now if VGK has to retool everything with the parent team and Pete DeBoer stays and they do have to change a lot of things, Will we see a ripple effect with the AHL team? Will they have to run exactly what the Golden Knights are running that they could, again, just do plug-and-play from down the street with the Henderson-Silver when they're called up?
1: I mean, there's always going to be a ripple effect, Tony. There there has to be a ripple effect. That's the purpose of having your AHL team. You want plug-and-play. And And to go a step deeper, that's why we moved the team from – well, Chicago to here technically San Antonio to here. That's the the franchise that we acquired. But bottom line, we wanted an AHL team in our backyard. So you simply take that short or long drive up 215, depending on the uh, the time of day. If it's four or five in the afternoon, or you know between eight and ten in the morning, that drive is not necessarily as pleasant up the Summerlin. But you want plug and play. You want to simply have all those moving parts and to make it easier when we do bring all these players up and let's just think for a second, Tony, it's kind of got me thinking a little bit. What if our farm team was still based in Chicago with all these injuries and moving parts and day of game call-ups and such, it's a pretty remarkable feat that we are fortunate enough to have our farm team right in our backyard. Many other franchises don't have that ability. So this year could have been an even larger cluster um, us against the world here. See why I did that? Yeah,
0: you, yeah, for sure. And and again, yeah, that's a good point because with all the injuries, the mounting injuries that we saw here with the Vegas Golden Knights, yes, that that call-up was a lot easier. And I think they really would have sunk, though, if they had to call up players um, on an emergency basis and they had to bring them in uh, from Chicago. They could have had, like, uh, what was his name, Peary? I called them the Peary go-round. Because he was here to chicago and back and forth and back and forth at the time i, I really like uh i like the uh the top line uh last night Le lechison ron bjork it's a pretty good that's an nhl almost an nhl quality top line for the the way
1: the way things went uh it would have been line two this year the way things were going for bgk uh brisson we're excited about we know that i think it's um as good as um, sealed at Bersouan, will have a day one role at the VGK level. And then LeCision, Ron Bjorg, uh, Cotter, and then, um, uh, I always forget his name, Mirmanov. Those are players you're going to see. You like Mirmanov
0: a lot. You like familiar. him a lot.
1: I like him. I like his size. I like his ability he was the leading defenseman he was leading scorer amongst defensemen i believe for the silver knights Uh, i saw him log a hat trick against uh uh the hogs in person that was uh, that was kind of fun i was actually actually had my uh, bowling buddies in town for uh, the big bowling tournament that that happens every year and they're all from the chicago area they're all blackhawks and ice hog fans so we were right down there on the glass actually watching that game and that was a that was a good time but i like mirmanov i like um just a step where I like him with the fans. Uh, he's one of those uh, players during pregame warmups. He's, he's up against the glass with the fans, throwing hockey pucks out to the kids. You know, just shows that human side. Not saying other players don't. He just has a different way of conducting his business on the ice. So he's likable. He has the size. He passes, he passes the eye test. And sometimes that's really a big part of it. He did have productive games at the VGK level. Uh, a lot of times he was the healthy scratch but take warmups, warm-up. So he's definitely a plug-and-play type of player for next year, depending on where the perry-go-round finishes.
0: Very good. Paying attention, even on video. I'm impressed. Stay with us. Coming up next, we will recap the NHL playoffs. Much, much more on the way. You are listening to Lockdown Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting stats and information. Information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NBA basketball player playoffs, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, start of the Major League Baseball season. My Yankees are just killing it right now. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, e sports, and much, much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back to Lockdown for the Knights, our inaugural video debut. And I'm telling you, these ratings are just going to soar, Chris. But, you know, last night, speaking of ratings, I think that a lot of folks are watching the NHL stand playoffs. They've been exciting so far. And, you know, teams that I have noticed that have been successful in the playoffs so far, are scoring on special teams, both on the power play, and we saw some shorthanded goals. And I feel like they are playing very physical brands of hockey. So I have to ask you this question. How would the VGK fans react? Let's say the Golden Knights made it into the playoffs, and they get thumped in the first round, and they lose four games to none. How would the VGK fans react? Would they be... Just as salty they are right now, currently.
1: VGK would fans would be salty if Robin Leonard started Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final and they lost one to nothing. VGK fans would be salty that Robin Leonard was in the net, even though he—I'm making all this up, obviously. Even though he had an amazing playoff run, uh, VGK fans are salty right now. We. We, I'm one of them, we are a salty bunch right now, easily triggered. And so, yeah, so to answer your question, if it was a one and done, you know, shut out four games by Colorado because eight seed is all we would have had. And Colorado, man, they look so good the other night. Oh, my goodness. But would they be salty? Yes. This team was not a one-and-done type of team. This is not an eight-seed type of roster. This is not a team that should not have made the playoffs, going back uh, to that. So, yes, VGK fans would be very salty no matter what. And could we have competed with Colorado? I mean, no one, everyone wrote off VGK last year against Colorado, and that was probably our easiest series when the dust settled. We, Minnesota took seven games. Montreal handled us in six, but VGK ripped off a four-game winning streak against what, Seemed like the unstoppable monster in the West. That was Colorado last year. See,
0: last night that I think one of the teams had, uh, my good friend Zick Fercasi had mentioned uh, that one of the teams had nine power play opportunities last night. Kelly McCrimmon would have wanted like 15, so they could have gone over 15 there. I, I still, you know, I'm still, it's still reverberating with me that Kelly McCrimmon had actually said that this team would be much better they would get a better rhythm if they had more power play opportunities I still can't agree with that I can't it's it's still it does not it does not resonate does not sink in
1: it, it it shouldn't um everyone wants more opportunities and such and I think at that point. You know, McCrimmon, he did not have a good showing in his uh, locker cleanout day, if you will. Uh, a lot of the things he said, how he got himself backed in the corner, he brings up the dysfunction and then gets upset about it. But yeah, Tony, to your point, scoring and converting on power play goals in the playoffs is one of the keys to a deep run. You have scoring five on five in the playoffs is so much harder because the game is so amped up. The the, the physicality and just everyone paying that much greater attention to detail. So when you get those precious opportunities, you have to convert. And I mean, speaking of, of uh, converting every game last night, just verify here. I mean, you got seven goals, eight goals, eight goals, six goals. And granted the six goal game, uh, between, uh, the Oilers and Kings was, uh, a six nothing showing. So, um, the Oilers uh, stood up last night. I'm not going to say the real Oilers because, you know, they still got Mike Smith back there. and I'm not a Mike Smith truther, although I wasn't a Ryan Reeves truther, so maybe maybe this will be the year that, that uh, Mike Smith figures it out. But um, a lot of goals last night. The the puck is juiced, Tony. The puck is juiced.
0: Yeah, and uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, that was their first win in the last seven games, uh, it's the last eight games uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. For the Oilers, and I noticed as well... With Conor McDavid. Minnesota, the Minnesota game, you know, again, the Wild, they come back, and that's... Game two has not been kind uh, in the past to the Minnesota Wild, and they got going on the power play. So in the first game, of course, they couldn't score on the power play, and then last night against St. Louis, we saw them. I think it was two for three in power play opportunity. But the Golden Knights, I feel, would have just failed because... Again, power plays, very big, integral part, playoff right? Um, Again, aggressiveness, we're seeing that. Uh, We're seeing physicality in all these areas where the Golden Knights would probably get a D to an F
1: rating. I'm not complete, and this might be back to how we started the show, the fan and me talking. I'm not sold that they would have been a doormat no matter who they played in the playoffs because – There has to be some value in starting fresh, in wiping the slate clean. This team coming into the season was, uh, modestly putting it, a conference final contender, reasonable shot to advance and ultimately win the Stanley Cup. So a new season starts when the playoffs start in May. I think that just changes the mindset of a lot of things. Riley Smith would have been close, if not Marching back game one, Mark Stone, a couple days healthier, Max Patch ready a couple days healthier. And with this veteran team, sometimes the light just goes on. And at that point, they're playing with house money because they're playing loose. Uh, they weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs. So that mindset, yes, based on how the regular season finished up, is there anything to... Is there anything to point at the fact that the power play would have all suddenly figured it out? Probably not. It's been trouble since that Vancouver series we alluded to uh, back uh, in the bubble series when DeBoer first took over the helm. And so, yeah. The fan in me hopes they would have figured it out, but the realist in me, they would have had to beat in Colorado five on five. And that's a very tall task. Even though we've done it in the past, it's a very tall task because Colorado might be that unstoppable machine this year.
0: Yeah, and I still feel that Mark Stone might need back surgery in the offseason. They're going to evaluate you know, uh-huh. his uh, condition there, and they'll take it from there. Uh, Chris, uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, we will talk about Pete DeBoer's system. If he stays, what needs to be changed within that system? We thank you all for making Locked On Golden Knights your first lesson every day. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast as well. Your second listen right now should be Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. The hosts are Steel Roden, Flip Livingstone, and they help you to become the expert of your fantasy league. Make sure that you check it out. It is wherever you get your podcast. Hi, little Chris, and uh, thank you all for tuning Chris, in. Hey. <laughs> we <laughs> we appreciate you watching wherever you're at tuning in. Of course, on all the platforms. Tony Cradasco for my man Chris Golick. We'll see you once again tomorrow right here on Golden Knights. All right, Chris, what's the
1: Rangers score going to be tonight? Go fast. Uh, Three-two Rangers. Three-two Rangers. You heard it here, folks. Three-two Rangers tonight. Goodbye, everybody. But no three overtimes. No three overtimes.